Welcome to Jesus Pursuit's weekly sermon, where our mission is bringing the good news and demonstrating the kingdom. Join us live for Worship in the Word, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on our YouTube channel. We hope you are encouraged and equipped by this week's word with our senior pastor, Emily Tadro. No, I woke up uh, Thursday, I don't know, it was somewhere in between Thursday and Friday, you know, that sleep state, somewhere in there. I woke up and I heard the Lord say, pray and don't stop. And I said, I want to sleep. <laughs> but I knew he wasn't just saying like in that moment, pray and don't stop. And so um, I'm going to read a lot of scripture this morning. I did not get my media to the media team. So I will read to you. I will tell you the references. We will go old school today and we will turn in our Bibles um, like the days of old. As in the days of Noah, turn to your Bible in Luke 18. <laughs> However, we will read in the Passion Translation. So it's not exactly the days of Noah. Okay. Luke 18. Starting in verse 1. And in a certain town, there was a judge. I'm sorry, that was in verse 2. So one day Jesus taught the, the apostles to keep praying and never stop or lose hope. He shared with them this illustration. Okay, so this is an illustration. As Matthias would say, this is not a true story. But it's an important story. In a certain town, there was a judge, a thick-skinned and godless man who had no fear of others' opinions. And there was a poor widow in that town who kept pleading with the judge, grant me justice and protect me against my oppressor. But he ignored her pleas for quite some time. But she kept asking. And eventually he said to himself, this widow keeps annoying me, demanding her rights, and I'm tired of listening to her. Even though I'm not a religious man and I don't care about the opinions of others, I'll just get her off my back by answering her claims for justice and I'll rule in her favor and then she'll leave me alone. The Lord continued, did you hear what the ungodly judge said? That he would answer her persistent request. And don't you know that God, the true judge, will grant justice to all of his chosen ones who cry out to him night and day? He will pour out his spirit upon them, and he will not delay to answer you and give you what you ask for. God will give swift justice to those who don't give up. So be ever praying, ever expecting, just like the widow was with the judge. Yet when the Son of Man comes back, will he find this kind of persistent faithfulness in his people? So there's two things that I really hear the Lord highlighting in this passage of scripture. And it's keep praying and never stop. And then the last sentence, when the son of man comes back, will he find this kind of persistent prayer, persistent faithfulness when he comes? Will he find this in his people? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a lot of scripture about persistent people. 
okay? So in Luke 2, verse 36, there is a story. Now, this is coming from, this is when Jesus was being dedicated in the temple, right after he was born. Mary and Joseph are in the temple. This is when Zacharias is um, prophesying, or Simeon was prophesying over him. And um, a prophetess named Anna was also in the temple court that day. She was from the Jewish tribe of Asher and the daughter of Phanuel. Anna was an aged widow who had been married only seven years before her husband passed away. And after he died, she chose to worship God in the temple continually. For the past 84 years, she had been serving God with night and day prayer and fasting. While Simon, or Simeon was prophesying over Mary and Joseph and the baby, Jesus, Anna walked up to them and she burst, burst forth with a great chorus of praise to God for the child. And from that day forward, she told everyone in Jerusalem who was waiting for their redemption that the, ante- that the anticipated Messiah had come. So they say, some scholars have said she was 84 years old, but really she's not 84 years old. She was married, so she was old enough to be married. She was married for seven years. She was a widow. Then she gave her life for 84 years. 84 years. This puts her at roughly 106 years old. Does anyone in the room feel a little too old for service for the Lord? Verily, you're not. (laughs) You've got another 30 years to catch up to Anna. Am I right? Close? If she was 106, I think, yeah, you got like about 30 years left to go, girl. Yeah. 28 years? Yeah. You got a long ways to go. 84 years this woman gave herself to day and night prayer. And her prayer was longing for the Messiah. She was crying out for the redemption of Israel. That's a long time. So we have two persistent widows. We have one who comes to an unrighteous judge who is annoyed by her persistence. And God makes the correlation and says, I'm not like that. I'm not annoyed by you. But I am moved by your persistence. And when I hear your cries... Not only will I answer your request, but I will pour my spirit upon you. This is really good news. And then we have another persistent widow who gave her life, 84 years, to the same prayer, to the same heart cry, to the same service in the temple. And not only did God answer her cry, but she got to see the fulfillment of it face to face. She got to see with her own eyes, and her spirit knew, this is the Messiah. Don't you think if you've been praying for something for 84 years, you're going to know it when you see it? That time in the temple, that time before the Lord's presence, I'm sure, even though he tarried, he was speaking to her. She was sensing things. She was a prophet. 
She was a prophet, and she was one of those friends that he told his secrets to. That's what the prophets are. Her name, her, the tribe that she comes from means blessed, and the name of her father means the face of God. So she had that in her DNA. She was blessed to see the face of God. That was what she was created for. You guys, this is cool stuff. She was birthed to be blessed from the tribe of Asher. She was birthed to experience the face of God. And she had a resolve inside of her. It was like part of her destiny to cry out to see the redemption of Israel, the redemption of Jerusalem, which she knew was the coming Messiah, and she saw it. This is what persistent prayer got her. It wasn't a testimony that she read online, which those are good. My mom let me borrow this testimony book from Bethel, and it's so cool. And it's just a book of testimonies. And like when I'm reading the testimonies, I, I was like getting very weepy because there's anointing on the power of testimony. But there's nothing like seeing it face to face. I, I love testimonies, but I want to see it. I'm like Anna. I want to see it. And in both of these stories, what is the outcome of their persistence? Answered prayer. Thank you. Amen. Okay. Luke 11, you can turn to Luke 11, starting in verse 5. Then Jesus gave this illustration. Imagine what would happen if you were to go to one of your friends in the middle of the night and pound on his door and shout, Please, do you have any food that you can spare? A friend just came to my house unexpectedly, and I have nothing to serve him. Because in their culture, in that day, if a friend comes to your house, you serve them dinner. So his friend came to his house. He had nothing to serve him. So he ran to his friend's house and woke him up and said, please, is there anything that you can spare me? I have nothing to serve him. But your friend, me, this is me. This is what I would say. Why are you bothering me at midnight? Why are you bothering me? Our door is locked. Our kids are in bed. Like, you are really out of timing here, buddy. But listen, because of your shameless impudence, which means you have no shame. <laughs> you were persistent. You were on mission. Clearly, you have need of something because of this. Even though it's the middle of the night, your friend will get up out of their bed and give you all that you need. This was their culture. If someone comes to your door, you gave it to them. So Jesus is saying this. This is how it is. So it is with prayers, Jesus says. Doesn't matter the time of day. So it is with prayers. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will discover. 
knock on heaven's door, and it will, and the passion says, and it will one day open for you. And I think that's a really good way to say it, because I think we have an expectation where it's like, oh, they're not home, and then we leave, you know, when they don't come to the door immediately. When the answer doesn't come immediately, we just go, ah, guess they're not giving out answers to prayer today. Guess the Godhead is busy. Moving on. But Jesus is saying, knock. Every, every time you ask, you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock on the door and one day it will open for you. For every persistent seeker will discover what they need. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. And then he goes on and he says, this is the heart of God. Let me ask you this. Do you know any father who would give his son a snake on a plate when he asked for a serving of fish? Of course not. Do you know any father who would give his daughter a spider when he, she asked for an egg? Of course not. Now, fathers, you better not give your daughter a spider when they ask you for an egg, even if you think it's funny, because that's not what a good dad does. Especially my dad. Don't give me any spiders. I hate spiders. Like, that was a really good example for Brian to use in this translation because I hate spiders. Of course not, though. If imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit's fullness? Say that. Holy Spirit's fullness. What is the fullness? It's the fullness. It's everything. It is the full meal deal. It is, it's the full meal deal. You get it all. You, you don't lack a thing. The Father will give the Holy Spirit's fullness when his children ask him. So this morning, I just want to remind us of the power of prayer and the power of persistent prayer. Anybody feel like you've been praying for something for a long time and you haven't seen the answer? Probably a lot of us. Just anybody in here been praying for something for 15 years? Okay, that's a lot of you. How about 25 years? Anybody 40 years? Now, we start to see the different age groups start raising their hands. But yeah, there's some of you that have been praying for stuff for 40 years. Anybody praying for something for more than 50 years? Okay, there's three over here. Don't give up. Don't give up. When the answers to your prayers tarry, the, the Lord is asking a question, will you remain faithful? In a culture where, ah, I hate this about our culture. I also love it. But we are such an instant gratification culture. It's like, we'll be at home having a conversation. I wonder what such and such, you know, like just like throw out a fact and go, I wonder what that is. And literally in three seconds, someone has Googled it or set it into their phone on Siri and we have the answer. You don't have to wait for answers. You don't even have to wait for your doctor most of the time to call you back. You can look it up on my chart. Um, you know, we don't really develop pictures anymore. We just snap them with our phone. If we don't like them, we delete them. We take a new one. 
Anybody have an Instapot for cooking? Yes, why do we love it? Because instead of it taking five hours to cook meat, it takes a half an hour, and it's good. Like, we love the fast thing. We like the microwave. They're all really great things, but you know what they have done? They have made us impatient. They've made us impatient, lazy, did you say and rude? <laughs> yes, and rude. I was just thinking about Arby's yesterday. You were too. Oh, my gosh. If you're in the room and you were the person in the truck in front of us in Arby's, they were super impatient. <laughs> we were, um, I was like on the verge of hangriness because I hadn't eaten yet. And it was about 2.40 or something in the day. And I was like, I'm so hungry. I can't think straight. I can't do anything else. Let's go to Arby's because we were driving by it. So we pull in, and it's kind of a long line for two-something in the afternoon. And Justin was being a nice gentleman and leaving space for the cars to drive through so he wasn't blocking the thing. And then it was our turn to pull forward. And somebody was so impatient that they crammed on the gas and cut in front of us. Yeah. We don't know if they did it on purpose or not, but we just laughed and then said, I guess they're hungrier than I am, you know? But we did. We laughed. We didn't even get mad. We were just like, wow, they're hungry. But that's how we are. It's how we are in our lives. And if we're being honest, that's how we are with the Lord. I'll be honest. When I read that, when the Son of Man returns, will he find this type of faithfulness in his people? I was like, I don't know. And I was saying that not about you all, but about myself. I think we need to ask ourselves that question this morning. Am I that kind of faithful that I'll knock, 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 that I'll keep persisting, that I will storm heaven, that I will annoy heaven even with my prayers, even though God said that's actually not how heaven responds. That's not how the Lord responds. You don't annoy him. Actually, he's moved by your prayers. We annoy each other, right? It's like your kids that are like, mom, 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 mom. They never stop. They never stop until you go, yes, how can I help you? right? All the moms in the room, they never stop. That is the kind of persistence that God is talking about here. God, 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 my daughter, my daughter. I'm praying for my daughter. I'm praying for my son. I'm praying for my aunt Sally. I'm praying for my uncle Terry. I'm praying for whoever. God, 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 what about, uh, keep coming, keep coming. I'm going to get after it. I'm going to, I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to keep knocking on your door. I need healing, Lord. I need healing, Lord. I need breakthrough, God. That's the kind of persistence. Like a pit bull that locks its jaw and doesn't let go. It's persistent. Okay. So we have this instant gratification kind of culture thing. And 
we have very little patience to endure. We have very little patience to wait. Wait upon the Lord. In the Psalms it says, I waited and I waited and I waited. Or I waited patiently upon the Lord. But another translation, several translations says, I waited and I waited and I waited upon the Lord. And then he inclined and heard my cry. It wasn't God, yes. Sometimes it is. But there's those things that sometimes it requires contending. I remember when we were trying to buy this building and we were pushing up against every door. We heard the word of the Lord. And I remember my dad, I don't know if you talked to him face to face or if you sent him an email, um, but you reached out to Bill Johnson and he said, this one is going to come from contending. This is yours, but you're going to have to push for the breakthrough. And that really spoke to us. Like, don't stop. Because we were, there were several times that we were like, I guess this isn't it for us. Do you guys remember that, that we're on the board? And I was like, no, I feel this is our inheritance. Let's not let go. But it was like, it's not happening, Emily. So we're going to have to move on. But when Bill said that to us, like, this will require contending. It was like a second wave, a second wind that blew in our sails to continue contending. And we're living in that blessing now. And in a few years, if we can keep continuing in this blessing, it's going to get really, really good for us. Because not only will the building be paid off, but then our friends over here that pay, the, and like, it's going to like cover all the expenses and it's so, it's so great, right? So everything that we give will just be kingdom, 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 more kingdom, more kingdom, and have dreams, dreams, dreams fulfilled. It's like waiting upon the Lord. There's a big payoff. It's going to be so good. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, we can talk later. But um, yeah, don't let go of the promise that he's given to you. And when, when there is something that you are contending for, how many of you are contending for your kids? I am. My kids know God. I want them to know God more. I want them to live for God more. I want them to marry wonderful, godly men. I want them to live in the blessing that we have contended for. I'm not going to stop. When I don't see it with my natural eye, when I go, what are they doing? I'm going to keep contending. When you are down with sickness and the word of the Lord is that he heals all of our diseases and he heals all of our sicknesses and sometimes people perish and they go on like we just lost a really good friend this weekend and I'm heart sick about it. He was a general in the faith. Steve Trujillo. I don't know too many who pray like that man. He was truly an apostle and not just like in the church, but he was, an, he was an apostle to the city of Portland and things were changing because his life mattered because he was contending and praying and doing all these amazing secret missions of prayer and man, taking the hits that few would go and do. He was really laying his life down and we prayed and we contended for his healing. But I don't regret one second of that. Because I actually, I was thinking about this this morning, or last night, I'm sorry. And I wrote, um, 
one of his daughters, and I said, I've just been thinking about Steve tonight, and I'm thinking about how he's actually really legislating right now, more than he's ever legislated before, how he's actually bringing governmental change and how his intercession has more power on this side of, on the other side of the veil. Like, sometimes we stop doing things because we don't get the outcome that we're looking for. But the word says, and, and I have to remind myself this when heartache happens. You know, I've contended for a lot of people and I haven't seen them all be healed. But you know what? I saw my dad be healed. He had cancer. He's, he, look at him. Look at him. Gorgeous man that he is. What a handsome guy. Look at him. He's here. Last year, or I guess it's almost two years, it's two years ago now. He was, he was dying, you guys. I saw it with my own eyes. I've seen death so many times. Death was all over him. And I said something, God, if you don't do something now, he's going home. And we contended. And he turned around. I've seen miracles with my own eyes, but I've seen brokenhearted mothers. I've seen brokenhearted spouses. I've seen families that have lost loved ones that we've contended for. Husbands who have lost wives. And I thought, okay, my prayers don't move the heart of God. That's a lie that the enemy wants to get in your head. Don't buy it. Don't take what he's trying to sell you. It's a lie. And the persistent prayers of the righteous, the persistent prayers of the faithful avail much. One of the other scriptures says, I, I wrote down the reference here, but it says, it's a psalm. It says, um, hang on. It says, make your life, oh, it's, I'm sorry, it's 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. It says, make your life a prayer. End a verse. Make your life a prayer. What does that look like? Um, there's a, a, a biography on the life of George Mueller. It was written by Roger Steer. And in this book, it's called Delighted in God. He, uh, Roger writes about George Mueller's persistent life of prayer. We all think George Mueller's a superhero, right, in the faith? I do. But this book just talks about his incredible prayer life. And this particular paragraph I'm going to read um, is about five people that the Lord gave him as pray and don't give up kind of people. It doesn't give their names, but I'll just read it. This is um, a quote from George Mueller. If I say that during the 54 years and nine months that I have been a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I have had 30,000 answers to prayer. Either they've happened in the same hour, the same day the requests were made. I should not go a particle too far, but one or the other might suppose all my prayers have been thus promptly answered. So he's saying, I've had a ton of answered prayers, and people know this. And so if you look at my life, you would think I have all answered prayers. But he says, no, not all of them ha happen promptly. S uh, sometimes I have to wait weeks, months, years, sometimes many years. In November 1844, that was a long time ago, I began to pray for the conversion of five individuals. I prayed every day without a single intermission, whether I was sick or in health, on land or on the sea, 
And whatever the pressure of my engagements might be, 18 months elapsed before the first of the five I was praying for was converted. I thanked God, and I prayed on for the others. Five more years elapsed, and then the second was converted. I thanked God for the second and prayed on for the other three. Day by day, I continued to pray for them, and six more years passed before the third gave their life to God. I thanked God for the three, and I went on to pray for the other two. And these two remain unconverted. And he says, 54 years earlier, this is where this started. To this day, these two remain unconverted. The man to whom in the riches of his grace has been given ten thousands of answers to prayer in the same hour or day on which they were offered, I've been praying day by day for nearly 36 years for the conversion of these two individuals, and yet they remain unconverted. Sometimes there's prayers. So I just want to say, George Mueller, that's his... But I've heard another story about D.L. Moody, who had a list of 100 people. And it was said when he um, was at his funeral, 96 of the 100 had, been, had received Christ. And he, he passed, and he was passing on the prayer for the other four that hadn't, hadn't given their life to the Lord. And it said that at his memorial service, those four were there, and they gave their lives to Jesus upon his death. I know of so many stories of people who have been praying and praying and praying. And Billy Graham says this. Um, I, wrote, I read this somewhere that Billy Graham, he said, I believe that our prayers, and I believe this too, but, you know, Billy Graham said it, so maybe let's go with that. Because um, he's pretty cool. Um, but he said, I believe our prayers continue on even after we've gone. I believe sometimes our prayers have more effect even after we've gone. The prayers that we pray keep they keep reverberating. So I want to say to you, death is not the final blow. It, we just, that's not it. I, know, I remember when Jim's um, late wife, Betsy, passed away. It was your father, Jim? Yeah. They'd been praying for Jim's father to receive the Lord. Long time. How many years were you guys praying? 30 years. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. 30 years praying for his dad to receive Christ. And he received Christ when Betsy passed away. Because he was so marked by her life. He was so moved by her heart for the Lord and her prayer. And that woman was my ride or die in prayer. Man, we prayed some stuff. And the thought that her prayers continue on to this day. You guys, doesn't really matter what happens with your life. Pray and don't give up. There's stuff that's going to sprout even after you're gone. There's stuff that you're contending for right now. Maybe, you've, maybe you're weak in it. Maybe you're three weeks in it. Maybe you're six years in it. And you're feeling weary. Galatians says, don't get weary in well-doing. For in due season you will reap a harvest. What you're actually doing when we're praying persistently is sowing seeds. You're like a farmer sowing seeds when you pray. And that which you sow, you will reap. I love that scripture in Revelations. I think it's, 
I think it's Revelations 5, where it talks about the prayers of the saints that fill up the bowls of heaven. It's like they're like incense rising before the Lord, and they're filling up these bowls. Every prayer, every prayer. But I think about that with global prayer, like a unified prayer, especially the prayer of like, come, Lord Jesus, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. The bride is longing for your return. Come, Lord Jesus, come. These kinds of prayers filling up like this incense rising from our lives as we pray. And it's going up and it's meeting heaven. And it's filling this bowl that Revelations talks about. And there is a tipping point. There is a point in which persistent prayer tips that bowl. And that incense, that that love offering that has been given up, that maybe the tears that you've cried, maybe just the times where you were like pacing through the night on the night watch, where you just were gripped with intercession and you couldn't let go. Those times where you had to pull over your car and just pray and just pray for your kids. You guys know what I'm talking about. If you don't, get in this life. It's a good one. It's a really good one. But there's these moments where prayer takes over you and you're like, I have to pray. Sometimes it's the only thing that the situation can handle is intercession. I don't know what to do, God. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you, so I'm coming in. I'm coming into your presence and I am lifting up the only offering that I have right now and it is my persistent prayer. And friends, there's a tipping point. I don't know when the tipping point is, but there is a tipping point. And each of you are in different spots in your life for the things that you're praying for. Some of your bowls are like, they're just like teetering on the verge of tipping. Can you see them? Like if you, if you look at that, that picture, just close your eyes and see it, that bowl that's just like sloshing over some of you, and it's just getting ready to pour out. Like, like Jesus said, the persistent prayer the, the Lord answers it, and he pours his spirit upon you. That's good stuff. Ephesians 6, 18 says, pray always. Pray always with all prayer. <laughs> With all prayer and supplication, making your requests known to God. In the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. How often should we pray? Always. Make your life a prayer. I, let's stand and I'll wrap up with this. I just want to speak fatigue off of us right now in Jesus' name. Okay. And don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping 
the wonderful harvest that you've planted is coming. Lord, I thank you that the wonderful harvest that has been planted from seeds of intercession of the lives that are represented in this room, Lord, I thank you that there is a harvest coming. Lord, I just break weariness off right now in the name of Jesus for unanswered prayers or seemingly unanswered prayers. Lord, when, um, when you tarry in answering God, Lord, I thank you that you, you don't give up on us. Lord, we don't want to give up on you. And Lord, that story of the widow, the 84 years in the temple, and she saw your face. The cry of her heart was answered more than she ever could have imagined. Lord, I thank you that there are answers waiting for us that are bigger and more than we could have ever imagined for ourselves. Lord, I thank you that you said, those who who ask shall receive. Those who knock will be answered. Those who seek will find what they're looking for. Lord, we want to come to you again. I ask God that you would stir up our prayer life even now. Stir up our prayer life. Lord, I just declare over this body that we will be those that pray and do not give up. We'll be those that pray and do not quit. Lord, I ask that you would just break fatigue off right now. I thank you for the harvest that we are reaping. Lord, and I thank you that the prayers that are being prayed are like seeds being sown. Lord, I, I just break off weariness um, for doing good, for living in purity, for, for pursuing the things of the Spirit. And I just declare, don't give up, don't quit, for in due time you'll reap a beautiful harvest. Lord, when we're facing obstacles that seem like they're out of our control, stir up prayer in us. When we're broken and we don't have the strength to stand and fight, Lord, I thank you that we can still lift our voice. Even if our bodies are physically tired, maybe we're sick in our bodies, but we can still lift our voice and pray. Lord, I thank you that this is an activation that anybody can do. Anybody can do it. It doesn't take a gifted person. It doesn't take an eloquent person. It just takes a friend of God to come into your presence and lift up our voice. And so, Lord, I thank you that each of us are your friends. Lord, and you want to commune with us. You want to hear our voice. Lord, when the words are gone and we have left everything that we know to say, Lord, I thank you that you've given us the gift of tongues to pray in the Spirit with, with understanding Lord, I just pray that you would release a fresh baptism of praying in tongues. Lord, a fresh baptism of praying in the Holy Ghost. A fresh utterance of a new sound of the gift of tongues in Jesus' name. That when we don't know what to say, when we don't know what to pray, our spirit knows. Lord, I just declare over each person in this room that their spirit would just take over. Where their flesh is weak, their spirit would take over. Where our mind is weak, our spirit will take over. And we will begin to pray. Thank you, Lord. When we're pressed in on every side, we pray. When we're in the wilderness and we're all alone, we pray. When we're in the dark, we pray. When we're in the light, we pray. When we can't lift the heavy thing, we pray. Lord, I thank you that there's never a time when we can't pray and there's not a single person that can't pray. If we can't pray with our mouth, we can pray in our mind. Thank you, Lord, that you just move every obstacle out of the way. We can pray. This is for everybody and so, Lord, I just thank you that you are leading us into a new season of persistent prayer. 
I declare over your church that you will find that kind of faith when you come. And we will respond. Make us faithful. Make me faithful, God, where I've been faithless. Lord, would you stir up faith within me? Would you stir up prayer within me? Amen. Okay, I'm going to ask you two questions, and you can just take these with you when you go. What are you contending for right now? Okay. If you need to be reminded of it, something great to do is set a reminder on your phone. God has given us technology as a gift, not a it's our, it's our servant. We're not slaves to it. It's our servant. So you can set a little reminder on your phone for the people that you're contending for. It's a practice. You've got you to practice just like working out. You've got to practice this stuff. Who are you contending for? Who are the people or the situations that keep coming up in your spirit? Like when you're trying to go to lay down at night, what are those burdens that you're carrying? Take them to the Lord in prayer. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. What are the situations and that you're contending for and, and know who it is, know what it is. Did I just miss something really cute? Oh, I just thought you guys were laughing at me because I said, that's it. But it was a cute baby. Well, she said it's time to be done too. So pray and don't stop in Jesus name. Thanks for listening to Jesus Pursuit's weekly sermon. If you would like to be a part of seeing people encounter God, experience transformation, and be equipped to advance the kingdom, you have the opportunity to partner with us through giving at jesuspursuit.org forward slash give. Together, we can make Jesus famous in Albany, the Northwest, and the nations. We hope you have a blessed week, and we'll see you next time.